Welcome to another episode of the FPL Amateurs of Oz podcast. Um, joining me tonight is Damo, mate. It's been a while. Yeah, I know. It's been a while. All the all the internationals are over. The blanks are almost done. And now it's the the tail end of the season, I suppose. No, nah, definitely. It's sort of, um, it's, it's actually gone quite quick. I was just sort of looking. There's only another sort of eight weeks pretty much mm. of FPL. And then it's an off season, but... The good thing about the Premier League is the off-season only goes through about two months and it's back again. So. <laughs> I say, are you going to be making the trek down to Melbourne when uh, Man United come and visit uh, the MCG? Yeah, no, I saw that get announced today. And, um, I've got a few things booked in, but um, ah. I'm going to see if I can just sort of drive down for the weekend <laughs> and then drive back. But, um, yeah, no, I saw that today. It'd be interesting to see if Ronaldo actually still stays if United because he's going to be no, a massive draw card if he is playing there. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've got um, – I think they're playing Liverpool in – I wasn't Singapore. It was one of the Asian countries, but I can't remember which one. Um, yeah, but, you, yeah, you've got um, them playing Liverpool and then they're coming down to Melbourne, uh, playing Melbourne Big Three and – Crystal Palace. I actually heard it was Villa coming down, but um, yeah, but yeah, Crystal Palace oh, got announced. I think Villa's coming as well. I think it might be Villa, Crystal Palace, Man United, nah, and a league team. No, nah, from what I saw was announced today. I could be wrong, but I, from what what I saw was announced, it was Man United and Palace coming down, uh, and Man United plays victory first up, then Palace in Melbourne, and then. Both Palace and uh, Man United fly to Perth and play a game there. So, um, oh, yeah, I no, could be wrong, it but now. yeah, no, it's yeah. Palace. Yeah, yeah. I saw something um, yesterday that it was Villa. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I saw the same thing. I think Ray Gatt, um, Ray Gatt, uh tweeted it uh, saying that it was Villa, but uh, but yeah, uh, but that's right. Like it's it's good look. It's good for the Man United supporters. I know um, your uh, co-host in the uh, in the amateurs uh, pod, uh, Jacob. He's up and about with Man United because I don't think he's ever seen them live in person. So he's pumped. He's ready to buy his uh, platinum tickets. I think he was saying they're about two hundred and sixty bucks for for a wing <laughs> ticket. So pretty penny, but uh, it's not often that you get to see your um, your English team actually live in person unless you actually go to England. So. Yeah, uh, I've seen them when it. they played in Sydney. Um, mm. I think it might have been against Sydney FC or it was like the A-League All-Stars. So, yeah. Nah, it was good. Uh, was it the uh, the quality of players? I think Zaha was playing for them back then. So there wasn't mm. the likes of Ronaldo or Sancho or Rashford, et cetera. I know you want to see the stars, but I think just having your team out playing – you know, in your hometown is uh, is huge anyway. Like even regardless, I think regardless, you, you know, you want to see one or two stars, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Like it, it, I guess it just depends on how much you pay for tickets and, and and whatnot sort of thing. So, like, you know, if you are paying upwards of, you know, 260 $300 for a ticket, you probably want to see, want to get your money's worth, but, uh but yeah, no, you know, if you've never if you've never seen your team play live before, I uh, I suppose it's it's exciting, you know, regardless sort of thing. 
Yeah, no, I think the I don't know whether it was when Argentina and Brazil come to Melbourne a few years back and they advertised that it was going to be Messi and I remember that and all these players <laughs> and Messi didn't come. Like there were still some good players, but yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of people were blown up about it. I wasn't too fussed because, you know, Dybala was there. There was like, yeah, mm. there was some quality players. So I sort of wasn't too disappointed, but there was a lot of people that were pretty filthy about it. But. Yeah, because I think they promised, if I'm not mistaken, they promised that Messi would be playing and then he ended yeah. up, um, yeah, not, <laughs> not, not coming. So, uh, <laughs> uh, what anyway. you do? Well, we might get into how our week 30 went. So it feels like it's been about 40 years since mm-hmm. I, uh, I've seen some football. But um, I finished the week on at 36 points. I decided to take the captaincy off Son and uh, go on Tony because I was pretty confident that um, they would score a few goals. And obviously a big reason why I went Tony captain is Ericsson was playing well, was playing up until the game at uh, the few hours before when he got ruled out of COVID. So, a bit disappointing, but um, I still backed him to score a goal, but he came close. But yeah, still finished finished on two points, so four points as captain. Um, I was probably lucky that I did have Son and uh, Madison who's helped rescue my game week, but. You know, I expected a bit of a red arrow, but I took about a 12,000 red arrow, so I'm down to 34K. So it's been sliding the last few weeks, but um, I've set myself up now for a good run home, so we'll see how it goes. How'd you go, Damon? Yeah, so I free-hitted. Um, it was part of my sort of plan that um, I was talking to you about the last couple of weeks. So wildcard three weeks or three game weeks ago um, to basically get, the right players in for those two weeks and then free hidden 30. Uh, ended up on 56 points, so um, not too bad. Could have been a lot better. Um, I sort of went the same move with Tony. Um, I had Tony sort of fall along, uh, thought he would do good things given his form. But, uh, but yeah, so could have been a lot better. I could have, you know, been touching on 80 points had I uh, captained. I had the vice captain on, on um, Kane, sorry. So could have been a lot better, but, uh, but 56 points is, isn't too bad on a, on a free hit when, Four teams played. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, my, you know, stars being sort of Kane, Maddo and Sun, I think they're, they're the only three that return. Um, everyone else were flop. But uh, look, if I look at where my team was three game weeks ago compared to now, I think I was sitting at around 440k. Uh, now I'm up to 289k. So probably not as, as much of a rise as I would have liked but um yeah not too bad not too bad and and i've sort of set up my team now to sort of coincide with the the double game week uh coming up in 33 so we'll see how we go you know it's not too bad mate it's been opposite for me so you've climbed a few and i've dropped Mm. a few so and i've still got um i was gonna say i've still got um a couple of cards to play so hopefully um i'll play those two at the right time and um take another bite of the apple um, closer to you. I don't think I don't think I'll reach you because um, you, you're doing super well. But uh, uh, I, um, if I can, if I can get within about fifty points, I'll be happy. Yeah, mate. Well, at the moment, it's it's not looking good for me. But um, <laughs> as I said, I'm sort of I'm backing myself to finish the season strong. So we'll see. We could be uh, on the pod in week thirty-eight, and you've uh, narrowed it down to about <laughs> twenty points. So <laughs> there we go. 
Yeah. Well, next we might get into the Twitter template team. So for game week 30, we had Ramsdale in goals, uh, Cody, um, Doherty, White, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Ramsey, Kulicheski, Saka, uh, Rafinha, Captain Kane, and Huang. So finished the week on 51 points. So uh, smashed me, but uh, you got on top of the, the Twitter template, mate. So um, kudos to you, mate. You haven't done it too often <laughs> this season. So... I'd take the victory and run. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they've went uh, from 35K back to 37K. So I'm just ahead of the, the Aussie Twitter template. But, you know, as I as I've said all season, 80% of the time it smashes me and you. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we'll see how we go towards the end of the season because there are some uh, – ripping game weeks coming up. So it'll be interesting to see what the average players are for the Aussie FPL community. Um, next up, might get onto our FPL Amateurs of Oz League. So the planner on top still, 21-42 points. In second place, they've got Aregi Mini Mani Mo on 21-25 points. And in third place, they've got Tom Davies on 21-23. So that top three has pretty much um, been the top three for probably the last six to seven weeks. So um, very consistent. And the planner um, sort of had a few decent weeks. So he's jumped back up. He's got a bit of a lead now. So be interesting to see um, how he finishes the season, whether he can keep kicking on. And I think at the moment he's ranked in the top 300 in the world. Yeah, so. no, he's, he's doing real well. I'm hoping he keeps doing real well in um, in FPL and, and he, he leaves draft alone because I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, about, I'm about a game behind him and uh, – uh, I'm uh, closing in on uh, on that first place. So hopefully he just concentrates on being Australia's number one player and sort of forgets about draft a little bit. <laughs> no, 100%. Well, I sort of hope he either wins it or he shits the bed and I can uh, get some traction back on him. But I'm nah, backing, nah. Him, in, in backing all him to be number one. In, in all honesty, I, like, I know we sort of take the piss uh, quite often, but uh, no, I'm actually hoping he does really, really well And um, because he's had an outstanding season, absolutely outstanding. You, you can't, yeah, 100%. He, he couldn't have planned it any better. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. No, he's killing it. And, and, like, it's very realistic chance that he could go close. Oh, to he could it. go close. He could, he's in the top 300. He could go real, real close. So um, I'm not sure if he has many chips left. But, um, I think he might have two. I think he's got bench boost oh, sh- and a free hit left. If he can play that at the right time, you, you never know. So, no, I no, wish him all the luck. No, 100%, and um, I'm just hoping a few people above him sort of shit the bed in these last few weeks and he can mm. get some more ground on him. But um, our top score for the week was my close friend, Jamie, clean sheets, uh, 83 points, which is absolutely massive. Um, he's actually had a few weeks now where he's actually scored pretty good. So might just quickly have a look at his side just um, so I can sort of get some hints and tips for my <laughs> side uh, going forward. But... You know, to get that type of score on a game week where there's only four, team, uh, four games is, like, absolutely ridiculous. So just go for his – and he's also jumped up in the rankings in the league as well, so he's sitting top four now. So this week his team consisted of – he had Captain Kane. He then had Ailing from Leeds, which is a very out-there pick, but um, it was the right week to get him because he absolutely killed it. So 
He had Cash, Tioni, Amati, uh, Schmeichel, Son, Ramsey, Saka, Lacazette, and Coutinho. So a massive week for him. And sort of I've been talking to him. He sort of says he enjoys listening to the podcast, getting uh, sort of tips and that, but um, he might need to do the podcast because he's killing it lately. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We might get into uh, the game. So first game we got Leicester 2-1 to Brentford. Um, I got Madison in this week because I, the news around his injury is that he's fully recovered. So that's all I needed to know before I sort of pressed the, the green light on Madison. So he scored a goal from an absolute world-class free kick. Um, on top of that, he had four key passes, two chances created, 60 touches, three shots. So a lot of people have been talking about what asset was the best um, sort of, I guess, asset to target for Leicester. And a lot of people were jumping on, oh, what's the other midfielder? It's um, Barnes. Barnes, yes. Yeah, so a lot of people were sort of looking at Barnes. But, you know, I thought Madison has the higher ceiling. He might not have a consistent sort of floor like Barnes because Barnes might get you, you know, four to five points. But when Madison you know, scores points, it's a lot of the time it's double digits. So I think his upside's a bit better than Barnes. And, you know, this week he, you know, got a decent score. Um, Brentford, I think they really missed Ericsson um, in terms of creativity. I just don't think they sort of had a lot of, um, I guess, creativity going forward. And, you know, uh, Tony relies a lot um, lately on Ericsson, them two have been combining quite well and it's actually been opening the game up for Tony and he's been getting uh, chances, which has been um, sort of uh, transferred into goals for him. So he did get a decent chance um, to to assist in Burmo, but in Burmo for some reason uh, couldn't hit a, a point-blank header from about five yards. So... It was disappointing to see, seeing as I did have the captaincy on Tony, but I think Ericsson's going to be a big sort of uh, factor in uh, their their goal-scoring output because without him, they just don't seem to create enough chances or quality chances to score goals. So I think if Ericsson's playing, I think Tony's a great shout, and I think Ericsson actually is a sneaky shout as well. But outside of that, I sort of thought Bradford probably had the better chances but just um, couldn't convert their chances. Defensively, I don't really um, – yeah, not a massive fan of their defense at the moment because they can still – they're still giving up chances and still leaking goals. Uh, I might just point out uh, Wiss's goal, mate. That was absolutely outstanding. And I know, like, we've spoken over the season about Wisser and, you know, unfortunately he's probably not an FPL asset just because he sort of doesn't play every week. But, you know, he's just a quality player. What do you think, Demo? Yeah, so um, very similar to you. Well, I just want to sort of add that uh, obviously with double game week 33 looming for uh, for Leicester, uh, look to Maddo, look to Barnes as assets. Um, I think Barty is training. I could be wrong, but I know he's close to a return. He's a sneaky option. Um, I believe he normally finishes well. I think, <laughs> don't quote me on it, but uh, I uh, I know he like sort of um, he, he has patches of form, so 
you know, he would be a sneaky option, but I would be looking at uh, Maddo and Barnes as the main two, with Maddo being one, Barnes being two, Barty being three as uh, options for the double game week. Um, With Brentford, with sort of no double game week looming, a few tougher fixtures, I'd sort of start jumping off assets. Um, It's a fickle game, but, uh, but yeah, so... I think uh, in the next couple of weeks I'll be jumping off Tony uh, and looking to sell him for um, for someone at, at sort of at, at his price or uh, uh, maybe someone uh, cheaper or or whatnot. So you might yeah, be so find some cash and uh, go up to Ronaldo, mate. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, what's your fixture run like? So <laughs> it's actually. Um... You know, I actually have a pretty decent. Have you guys on. got any? Have you guys got any um, games in hand? Like, uh, have- yes, we've got a double in thirty-three against Liverpool and Norwich, I think, from memory. But then, once you're double, once you have your double in thirty-three, do you have any other catch-up games, or is that it? Ah, uh, that's it. I'm pretty sure. But yeah, because I, I was going to say with, I think with Tottenham, they've got a few, if I'm not mistaken. So. Definitely Tottenham are um, one team that uh, you'd be looking into getting players in, but uh, but yeah, it's just it's it's that time of season where uh, you know you, you, the doubles will sort of make a difference. Um, uh, it's depending, you know, obviously depending on the fixtures and things like that. But uh, yeah, know, definitely you have to be uh, looking at that uh, in no, terms of season. Speaking of United, they run home. They've got uh, Leicester. Everton, Norwich, uh, Liverpool in the double for 33. Then they've got mm. Arsenal, Brentford, Brighton, Chelsea, and Crystal Palace. It's not a bad run, but can you trust United? 100%, mate. 100%. <laughs> um, well, we might might let you take the next game, mate. Yeah. So was your West Ham, mate? Yeah. So, obviously, look, it was, it was a bit of a dour result for us, but um, I think we were on such a high after uh, beating Sevilla in the Sevilla Cup uh, that uh, we, we were just buggered. We were buggered from Europa. We, uh, you know, just qualified for the last eight, uh, you know, so absolutely exciting. So, you know, as much as the, as much as the, the loss sort of hurts, um, I think we're gear, look, we're, we're gearing up for something special in Europe. Um, I, you know, I don't know if we can win it. I really don't. But um, I think we can get over, hopefully get over Lyon and then potentially, play, you know, potentially play Barcelona if they can get over, you know, if they get over, um, oh, it's a, uh, come on, it's a German, t- oh, jeez. Who's the I German team? For, um, Frankfurt? I think it's Frankfurt. No, no, Frankfurt. I think it's Frankfurt. I think it's Frankfurt. Um, I can't be bothered looking it up, but <laughs> anyway, believe it's. I'm pretty sure it's Frankfurt. Um, uh, I'll actually look it up. Uh, Barcelona, uh, Europa. Let's have a look. Yeah, I was Oh yeah, Frankfurt. I'm right. I'm right. Um, so that look, Frankfurt should uh, no uh, Barcelona should get over Frankfurt. So it's uh, you know if we can beat Leon, you know. La- who would have thought in 2022 we'd be sitting here talking about but West Ham potentially in the last four of Europa against Barcelona? Like, in what world is that um, even a conversation? 
Like, <laughs> it's in the world where West Ham is massive, mate. So, <laughs> so look, as I said to you, back to back to reality in terms of in terms of the league. I think they've just got one eye focused on Europa now, and you know potentially qualifying for Champions League through that. So, um, as much as it sort of pained me to see us lose there, don't think we can drop past seventh, if I'm mistaken. Seventh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's seventh. So, yeah, we're going to be close to qualifying for Europa anyway off the back of that. So. So, yeah, so in saying that, I'll start with Spurs. It's a, it's a sea of greens for Spurs. Uh, I believe they – I don't think they have a double. They don't have uh, a double in the next five. But I'll they've got for you now. They've got Newcastle, Villa, Brighton, Brentford and Leicester um, in the next five. So they've got a really, really, really good run um, of games coming. Uh, and I'm just check. They've got one double still to be named because uh, they've got the Arsenal game that they still need to they still need to account for. So I'm not sure when that's going to happen. I would hazard to say that's probably going to happen in in the double game week 36 potentially. But don't quote me on that. Um, we yeah. can uh, rely on Ben Crellin for that one, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it'd so, be interesting to see if they did double in thirty three because they actually have a, a fixture against Brighton. So yeah, yeah. So look, I would be still looking at Son Son Kane this week. I um, just you know, spoiler alert. I'm probably going to captain Kane. I'm not going to captain double game week player uh, this week. I think I learned my lesson with captaining Veghorst. Um, I've brought him. I've just again, spoiler alert. I've brought in Veghorst but I don't think I'm going to captain him. I think I'll stick to Kane this week. Um, they, I was sort of looking at Salah, looking at Kane. I don't know whether they're going to rest Salah because uh, he's played a lot of minutes, but uh, that Newcastle game at home, it's just, it's so tempting. It's so, so tempting. And uh, like I, if again, uh, if I wasn't playing in a few money leagues, uh, it's a, he's a potential for a triple captain this week, Kane. I think. Uh, I think we're going to look at. I'm uh, going to see something special out of him this week. Well, I uh, really hope not. Hopefully, I'll take that <laughs> he does. But uh, yeah, I would not be disappointed if he just blanks this week. It'd be nice. Uh, um, in terms of West Ham, I think it all depends. Uh, look, I wouldn't be jumping on anyone um, at West Ham at this stage. But, uh, like, I think our fixture run isn't the worst uh, coming up. Uh, don't believe we have any um, any doubles or blanks. But, uh, yeah, so our fixture run's not too bad. Uh, I will keep an eye on Bowen when he returns. And he's got to be close. He's got to be close to a return. I don't think it's this week, but uh, I think in the next few he'll come back. And once he comes back, I think it'll just settle us right down uh, and sort of have a crack at the last few games. I would love – I'd actually love an extended run for Yamo, uh, Yamalenko in the team. Don't know if, obviously, I don't think he's going to be a, fa- a fantasy relevant a- asset, but uh, yeah, see, I'd, I'd love for uh, West Ham to give him a little bit of a run, um, giving Antonio sort of a much needed rest um, in the league. 
but just uh, obviously just depends on where we sit in terms of uh, everything else. Uh, the only one really in terms of uh, FPL relevancy is probably Johnson. At, uh, I think he's still 3.9. Uh, if you've still got your wild card uh, or free hit, uh, he's a great option just to have there as sort of a bench option with a potential of playing him in good fixtures. So he'll pop off um, every now and again. So uh, with uh, Sufal being ruled out for the season, I believe. So, yeah, that's pretty much uh, where I stand in terms of um, Spurs and West Ham. No, it's interesting, actually, because there is an option as a sort of a bit of a downgrade and just have a sort of bench fodder and just to come on for mm. two points if you need him. So... Instead of alongside the same price as Amadi, and I'd probably back West Ham's defense a bit more yeah. than I'd back Leicester's. So I actually don't mind that. Um, watching the game, it was it was interesting to see Kane actually started to drop a bit deeper in this game, which then obviously he became creator, and then Son um, was the one that was sort of getting all the shots and getting the goals. So it was actually just interesting because Son he probably could have had a goal in the first half. He hit the post, but, um, you know, finished on two goals, three shots, had one key pass and one big chance missed. In in the reverse there, Kane sort of had the four key passes, three assists, three shots and two chances missed. So it actually could have been an even bigger day for both Son and Kane. So, you know, being someone who didn't captain Son and then I didn't own Kane, it was actually... <laughs> good that he didn't uh, finish some of those chances because it could have been an absolute massive day for Kane. So I know I mentioned probably eight, nine weeks ago that I had a feeling Kane was about to go on his run that he usually does. And it usually is a long sustained run. So I don't see him stopping anytime soon as much as I probably hope this week that he has a quiet game. I just probably don't see him sort of missing too many uh, chances over the next few weeks. So People that do have him, I'd definitely be keeping him in your side. Um, in terms of uh, West Ham, I sort of thought Antonio didn't play too bad, had two really good chances but just couldn't finish. So, you know, there might be a few people with Antonio in their side, but I don't think there'd be too many. But he has looked better as of late, um, a lot more energy on the ball. So probably something to watch. I'm not sure whether he might go quiet again for obviously their fixtures coming up and he might be a bit tired, maybe get rested, but he might not find too much rest till Bowen comes back. So is there a, a date when Bowen is coming back or is it sort of just a bit up um, I think it just depends on uh, that injury that he sustained. Oh, I'm not sure if he's – I think he's close. I think he's close. Uh, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head when he's due back, but I would say probably not. Probably not this next game week. Um, yeah, it still says Achilles injury, fifty percent chance of playing. So I would hazard to say, looking. Let's look at our fixtures. So you've got three uh, decent fixtures. Yeah, so I reckon not evident. Not evident this week. I would hesitate. Probably going to be on the bench for Brentford, uh, and then starts against Burnley. Yeah, right. I'd yeah. say yeah. So I'd still say three weeks away, but um, just given you know what it says on FPL and what from what I've read. But you never know. Like if um, if that Achilles is good, they're going to throw him in. So yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting to see. I don't know whether they might. 
see how the league's shaping up and whether they can progress any further because I think they might even be happy, if, say, as you said I, earlier, if yeah. they finish seventh, they might just go. In all, oh. Yeah, I was going to say, in all honesty, just looking at the uh, EPL table, uh, just looking for where we stand at the moment, um, well, yeah, we're actually sitting seventh at the moment, but there's... 12 points between us and at Villa in ninth. So uh, we we can't sort of drop any lower than eighth, which is Wolves, which are on 46. Uh, yeah. And let's see, Man United, obviously Man United are above us on 50. Um, and oh, I can't remember who it was, but was it... I'd heard something about Europa dropping down to seventh potentially, but I can't yeah, remember well, the reason. Got, is it the European Conference League? Then they've got the Euro League, and then they've got uh, Champions League. Yeah, but I can't remember. Was it? It might have. It might have been. It might have been the Chelsea news about potentially Chelsea being excluded for, from comps, but I. I'd, I'd read something about that, but I haven't heard anything since. So it might but just be me with wishful thinking here. But uh, <laughs> but as I said, I think uh, since we can't drop any lower than eighth, obviously it's still going to go for wins in the in the PL, but um, I would hazard to say our best team will be at Europa um, trying to, to win us a trophy before Tottenham. You know, I think I think you'll pick up enough wins to stay seventh. I can't see oh, yeah. Yeah. Um you getting any higher, unfortunately. Yeah. But, no, um, I, I think our I think our uh, sort of like base is staying seventh. Um yeah, just no, I think you're right. I think I think Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, Man United are the top sort of top six. Uh, not necessarily in that order, but uh, I can't, I can't see anyone drop like Tottenham playing well. Man United up and down, but I think they win enough games to stay in that uh, top six. Arsenal are playing okay, yeah. See, I, I, I can, and then then you've got Chelsea on fifty nine points, and there's no way we're catching Chelsea. So, um, yeah. yeah, I would I would like to say we're still in the race for the top four, but. Uh, with Arsenal playing two less games and on six more points than us, it's unrealistic. <clears throat> it's unrealistic. So, uh, yeah, I, I would have to say we'd be happy with uh, a seventh finish and hopefully a, a chance at Europa. No, 100%. I think seventh finish is a good good season, especially with what he's done in Europe as well. Mm. I think that, that's a massive tick. Uh, we might get on to the next game, which was Wolves uh, losing 3-2 to Leeds. So this result was actually quite shocking because uh, I think I am I think I tipped Leeds uh, in my tipping comp and when it was 2-0 to Wolves, I kind of was just like, oh, well, there's another tip that's <laughs> gone wrong this week. And then, um, yeah, they burst into life. So... My touch on Wolves before I touch on Leeds. So Trinkeo, um come on as an early sub, and I sort of thought he actually boosted their attack because it, they didn't really show too much in that early part of the first half. But when Trinkeo did uh, come on, I sort of thought he was pretty much uh, all over the shop for them and pretty much created everything going forward. So he could have easily had uh, two goals with a long-range effort hitting the post, but... 
you know, he did end up getting a goal eventually. Um, he had the four shots, two key passes, uh, one big chance created um, on top of obviously the post hit uh, in the uh, sort of early on in that uh, when he come on. I sort of think he, if you are looking for an attacking asset, I know a lot of people are on Jimenez, but, you know, Trinkeo might be a cheeky shout. I'm probably going to stay away just because I just don't see enough goals coming from Wolves' attack, but he looked really good. Um, in terms of leads, I sort of thought uh, Harrison looked really good in that second half. He was pretty much uh, had his hand in everything uh, to do with their attack, especially with those chances and the goals that they scored in the second half. You know, he was either getting the assist or he was the pass before the assist. So he actually created quite a lot in that second half. He got the goal, two shots, two key passes, and one chance created. So I thought he was a bit of a standout for Leeds in that second half. It was probably a big reason why they did come back and win that game. But outside of that, I didn't really like too much. Saar didn't have a massive game in goals. His defense didn't help him with a couple of those um, defensive efforts, which pretty much hung him out to dry. But yeah, probably wasn't the best game from Saar either. But outside that, um, Rafinha didn't play. Um, so I'm not sure what's going on there, whether he's going to be back in the starting lineup. But, you know, very easily probably could have been a, a worse scoreline for Wolves if uh, Rafinha did play. Um, what did you think, Dan? I uh, just wanted to say, uh, and you're, you're probably going to cringe at this, but uh, you've got a kid as or you've got a couple of kids as well. So you'll understand the analogy. Johnny, Johnny, yes, Papa. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> bit of Coco Melon uh, for you, yeah, mate. For, for the you worst day. show invented, mate. <laughs> the mate, worst. I a hundred percent agree with you, but uh, I think all dads uh, and mums go through uh, a Coco Melon stage at uh, one at one time or another. And uh, for those <laughs> listening, very to the long pod, stage. For those for those listening to the pod that have kids, they will know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> but uh, in saying that, uh, look, Wolves uh, Wolves ha- had to have a good run. They do blank in game week thirty three, uh, as do Leeds. So I don't think we're going to be necessarily looking at any Wolves or Leeds assets. Um, uh, look, you could go Johnny. <laughs> This is, which is why I mentioned him. He's scored seven, six, and eight the last three. Seems nailed in that um, in that Wolves defence uh, now. Uh, and I, I know I can't remember if it was last year, the year before. He was pretty decent um, down back. So with I think it was him and Doherty uh, were sort of going um, like for like in terms of points with uh, when Wolves had that uh, brilliant run. I think it might have been two, two years ago, two or three years ago now. But, uh, but yeah, he's uh, he he's probably the only option I'd look at, given he's so cheap, he's 4.5. Uh, but, yeah, like they've got Villa, Newcastle, then Blank, Burnley, Brighton. So it's, it's not difficult fixtures per se, but with that Blank in the middle, it's just hard to sort of, give, you know, a say anyone in, in particular. Um, in terms of leads, I, you know, if, we say this every week, but Rafinha's one of, if not the only option for uh, for leads. Uh, I do like Harrison as a potential sort of a uh, little bit of a pod, but uh, uh, what do you see? He's uh, 5.5 mil, um, but scored eight uh, last game week. 
but you know, is he going to start? Like he got ninety minutes. He got ninety minutes um, last game week, but then prior to that, he um, he's only really been given you know, 45, 57, 75 and 45 minutes. So, you know, he's one that uh, if you're sort of looking for someone cheap in that mid, um, in that mid, uh, or in your mids, essentially, um, it would be worth looking at. But, uh, yeah, like they've got Southampton, Watford, Blank, Crystal Palace and then City. So it's really only three decent fixtures out of out of five so uh, with the blank in, in in game week 33 so yeah like a, but I just don't think we're gonna be looking at too many players from um, either of these sides come the last um, eight games or so or what is it to uh, hang on what are we in game week 31 so seven games. seven yeah oh eight games yeah seven for, seven for yeah. Um, walls anyway yeah, yeah. No, I fully fully agree with that analysis mate I think for me SARS probably the only option I'd realistically mm. entertain. Um, I just think that obviously when it comes to uh, your defense, you know, one goal against you and, you know, you're sitting on two points. Whereas even if um, Saar does concede, you know, he can get the save points. Um, so, yeah, and the bonus as well. So I think he probably has the best upside out of defensive assets just for that reason. But, you know, they're probably not looking as attractive as they did probably three weeks ago when everyone mm. was sort of doing the triple up walls. But, yeah, probably wouldn't entertain anyone from Leeds. Maybe Rafinha because they are going to have to score goals. And if he's on the field, he's going to have his hand in a lot of uh, goals and assists. But, yeah, probably one of those just watch to see uh, what's going on because he did actually play all right for Brazil. Um, but, yeah, just doesn't seem to be playing for Leeds at all. So <laughs> not sure what's mm. going on uh, well, our last game, we've got Aston Villa and Arsenal. Sort of, I'll quickly touch on the game. Uh, sort of thought Villa were pretty flat in attack. Um, I've mentioned this in previous pods where one week they'll just look really good and then, you know, one or two weeks after that, they just sort of just look flat in attack and just don't really offer too much. And, you know, every time that happens, Coutinho seems to be a massive sort of casualty um, and his output just sort of decreases significantly. So I sort of thought it wasn't the most exciting game. Probably Arsenal were the better team. They dominated an attack and Saka got a bit of a scrappy goal, sort of, you know, it wasn't um, like a, a goal you or sort of, want to rewatch again it was just sort of uh hit through a bunch of legs and found its way into the goal but Saka did actually create quite a few chances and looked really good when he was on the ball um I sort of thought uh Odegaard probably was Arsenal's best player he got into a lot of good positions but just couldn't execute that you know end product so I think going forward, obviously, the likes of Tijuni, uh Saka are actually a massive fan of Martinelli going forward I think that um he might actually outscore Saka in these last sort of seven to eight weeks. So I think at his price point, he might be one to look at. I think Odegaard at his price point as well might be someone to look at. But outside of Odegaard, sort of Saka, um, Martinelli, Tioni, Ramsdale, I probably wouldn't look at anyone else. Maybe Lacazette if you're wanting to sort of go him up front. But I think the template for the last of eight weeks are going to be like a Ronaldo or a Kane. What did you think, mate? Yeah, so in terms of uh, a Villa, 
like the only really ones I'm, uh, I'd be looking at are the ones I've already got on my team. So Coutinho and Cash. Again, they're blanking game week 33, so it's not uh, it's not the most ideal. And uh, their fixtures, they're not the best coming into game week 33. Like they got Wolves, they got Tottenham, which are going to be tough. Uh, then they blank, and then they got Leicester, who Leicester's been a bit resurgent lately, and then obviously Norwich. So Norwich should be the the game, but you know, like that's in five game weeks. So um, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily be looking at anyone for Villa. I think if you've got Villa assets, you hold on to them. Um, but uh, like a Coutinho, uh, but I think down back cash you can you know sell for a. Uh, actually, funnily enough, you could sell for um, someone from Arsenal who do have the game week, um, the double game week coming up. Uh, one that I want to touch on that I don't think too many do uh, have talked about previously is um, he's look, uh, and it's Ben White. So he's not fancy. He's uh, like the most, I won't say the most boring player, but he's just there. Like he ticks over in points. Um, he's been a really, really shrewd signing for Arsenal, um, and he just he just gets things done. Like the last two, he scored seven and eight. Um, I think Arsenal are gonna, going to have a few cleans coming up. Uh, they played Palace, uh, Brighton, which they could easily uh, they could easily uh, keep the clean in both. Uh, then they play Southampton and Chelsea in the double. Chelsea might be tough, but uh, they, you know they should get the chocolates over Southampton, then Man United, uh, which could be anything, and then West uh, West Ham, which depends on which West Ham shows up. So, uh, you know, like I'm probably going to be targeting um, plays from Arsenal uh, other than the players I already have in, in the team. I think I've, I think I've only got Saka in the team at the moment. Uh, but I've got to say, Saka, what a star. Like, I, I'll sort of slightly disagree with you in terms of, um, you know, Odegaard was sort of like a blast from the past. I think <laughs> we we looked at him pretty early on in some of our earlier pods. But um, I think for me, Saka's the person you need to get. And if you go get a second Arsenal player like a Martinelli and, and an or an Odegaard, I think it's with Saka, not um, instead of, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. I think Saka's just going to tick over. Uh, I think he's going to do well in the next, at least the next three game weeks. Uh, he is an absolute superstar. Um, so, like, in the – so if I'm looking at his last five games, uh, like, obviously scored a goal and uh, – no, so uh, – Got, oh, sorry, got the scored a goal and got obviously got the clean sheet um, in sixty eight minutes. So <laughs> scored eleven there, um, blanked uh, in the two before that, but then scored twelve um, and ten with uh, uh, at Brentford. Oh, sorry, Brentford, uh, Brentford at home. So he's has scored. I'm just looking at four, one, two, three. So, yeah, so three goals, three goals, and one assist in the last. Uh, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, six games. But you know, it's three, three double returns in the last six. Um, you're looking at you know, fifty percent strike rate in terms of double, <laughs> uh, double digit returns. So 
it's not that bad, especially for a player who's, what, 6.6, if I'm not mistaken? 6.7 now. 6.7, yeah. No, no, I was just looking at because I've got him on my team, so I've got him in for 6.6. But, um, you know, like, he, he's, he's owned by 32% of the comp too. So, um, yeah, he's he's just one that I'd just get in, keep um, and just keep playing him and... I'm pretty sure he's going to have some more double-digit returns in him in the next uh, in the next few anyway. No, hundred percent. I sort of fully agree. I've liked Saka sort of obviously early in the season when there was a debate or oh, Smith Rowe or Saka. I just thought Saka is just you know always looks like he's about to score or about to mm. get an assist. And but yeah, I think um, it's going to be one of those things where there's going to be Kulicheski, Saka, Madison, maybe Barnes. Um, possibly Coutinho are going to be in that sort of same price range that a lot of people are going to sort mm. of have as their fifth fifth and fourth options. So it'll be very interesting because obviously a lot of people at the moment do have Saka, but those people might not be able to fit the likes of a Madison in or a Coutinho or someone like that. So it's going to be interesting sort well, of these gonna... final eight games or so. Yeah, I was, I was going to say Smith-Rowe's been really quiet. Um yeah, I know he missed he, – he got his double-digit return, then he missed two games, I think, through injury. Uh, came back off the bench, uh, played 23 minutes against Liverpool and then played the full 90 against Villa but um, didn't get – obviously didn't, got the clean sheet but didn't get a return. So he hasn't had a return since game week 20 – the double game week 26 where he got 11 um, and then I believe he got injured the next game. So – I don't know. He's. I know we had a sort of not a debate, but we were having a conversation early on about um, Smith Rowe versus Saka, um, and yeah, but I think Saka sort of won that clearly, hasn't he? <laughs> Lately, yeah. anyway. No, I sort of think Smith Rowe's a good player, but if I'm sort of choosing between them two, I'm definitely going oh, Saka every day. Saka's, of the week. Saka's um, one of the future, one of, if not already, one of um, England's stars. So, um, yeah, like I I rate I rate uh, Saka quite highly, even though he's an Arsenal player, I do rate him quite highly. <laughs> no, 100%. Well, before we get into the shit the bed said, we might just touch on the international break. Um, so I've written down a few plays that stood out over the break. So the likes of Richarlison for Brazil, he had a actually a good two games away for Brazil getting three goals. So might have been good just a bit of change of scenery because obviously it probably hasn't been the greatest atmosphere being in Everton lately. So it's going to be interesting to see if that's going to springboard him for the final sort of eight, nine games of Everton season and whether he's you know, coming to calculations because he has been a player that I've sort of been keeping an eye on, but just Everton's attack has just looked really bad at the moment. But, you know, I think after watching him perform on the international break, he might be someone worth looking at. And then maybe Paul Zitch from Chelsea had a big sort of uh, break uh, for USA. So he got the three goals as well. Ericsson had a massive uh, international break getting two goals. Uh, Bruno Gamares from Newcastle had a goal and an assist. Uh, we had King, who netted three goals and got an assist over their two games in Norway. So a massive sort of uh, return to form for him as well. Um, Christmas Wood got two goals as well. So, you know, he's 
been sort of looking a lot better lately for Newcastle, but who knows, these uh, goals on international duty might sort of spur him on to sort of find a bit of form for the last bit of the season. But, you know, Bruno scored two goals as well. Ronaldo got an assist, but outside of that, no one really lit the world on fire um, outside just a couple of goals. But, yes, so those are the big plays that sort of I looked at. Um, what about you, Dan? Is there anyone that sort of piques your interest looking at sort of the results? Uh, other than you've pretty much covered it all, but you haven't haven't really <laughs> left me um left me much to go go with. Uh, I know the well, the one that really stood out for me was probably Bruno. Um, he just turned it on in I think it was was it the game versus North uh, Macedonia. Yeah. Um, played a real real good game, but uh, you know what I mean. Like, does international form sort of correlate with? The club form, I don't know, and uh, you know what I mean. Like, and this sort of runs into the shit the big segment uh, for me anyway. Uh, you know, Maguire plays like uh, an absolute freak when he plays for England team, dominates games, then goes back to Man United and plays like shit. So <laughs> <laughs> the old Tarzan uh, and Jane analogy, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know, like sometimes, you know what I mean? Like it's even uh, to, a, to a lesser extent, you know, Yarmolenko, like obviously, like, you know, lately he's been scoring a few goals for us, but prior to that, like absolutely turns it on when he played, you know, when he played for, for Ukraine, like, you know, but couldn't correlate that um, with league form. So... It's really hard. Like, obviously, it's great that some of these players, you know, are banging in goals, like Richarlison scoring three goals, you know, but will that correlate to the EPL? I don't know. I think it just it depends on the player. I know a lot of players have been out of form and then found form on international duty. They come mm. back and it's, it's transferred, but then others have just come back and just sort of business as usual. <laughs> So it'd be interesting, yeah. but um, do we like obviously in, to sort of add to that as well? Like Ronaldo, he's just hadn't you know he had an assist. Do we look at that and go, you know, you're playing the likes of you know, or no disrespect to them, but you're playing the likes of North Macedonia uh, and like uh, was it Turkey? Yeah, it was Turkey that they beat, wasn't it? You know, yeah. they're, they're not they're not absolute A-game stars, you know, in, in some of those teams, well, more so North Macedonia than, than Turkey. But, um, you know what I mean? Like, do you look at that and go, oh, you know, couldn't score any goals against North Macedonia. What's, you know, what's the, the matter with him sort of thing? So, I don't know. Like, it, it, it's really, really hard because I think it's just a different kettle of fish when you play for club compared to when you play for country. So... Yeah, no, it's sort of, at least with Ronaldo, yeah, he has been playing pretty good of late for Man United. So I think, um, you know, he, in the national team, he kind of is more there as a a father figure because they do have a few young mm. players. Whereas I guess at United, he has to actually be the man <laughs> alongside Bruno. So, um but, yeah, I think just a couple of those players, Ericsson, it was just good to see his form continue mm. because, obviously, 
a bit of a slow start with all the health issues, but, you know, it was good to see him score a couple of goals, and I really think that he's going to be very important going forward for sort of Brentford well, if they're wanting to stay up. Yeah, and the one that really interests me is if Pulisic, uh, Pulisic scoring three goals, can that correlate to now playing for Chelsea? Like, if he, can he get starts? Or, you know, can he start consistently for Chelsea and start banging in those goals? Because if he can, he's going to be a great option for us. No, 100% sort of similar to Zeej, I guess. Um, when they get the opportunity, you know, they do look really good just getting that game time that makes mm. it sort of frustrating as an FPL asset. But might move on to, obviously, you spoke about shit the bed segment. So for me, Aston Villa, just it's like Jekyll Hyde of them at the moment. One week, they just look amazing. Then the next week, they just look very flat. So... It's it's frustrating uh, if you are a Villa supporter and it's also frustrating if you're an owner of the likes of Coutinho. So, yeah, at the moment, I just it's just frustrating not watching them sort of string three, four games in a row together where they just look really good. It's just really good one week and then just for one or two games, they just look really flat and then they go back to being good again. So just very frustrating for me and I just thought it was very disappointing. Even though Arsenal are a decent side, I just expected probably a little bit better from them this week. What about you, Demo? Yeah, so for me, I've got two, and they've got nothing to do with the Premier League, but I'm uh, breaking the rules here. But I'm going to have two international shit the beds. Uh, And the first one being the English fans. Um, And I'm going to back... Maguire a, a bit. Now, I'm not going to do this often. And I sort of need <laughs> to wash my tongue out after saying this, but you don't boo a man when he plays for your national team. Like you, you sort of, you almost, you have to stop having that club mentality. And I think this is the reason why England never do well in tournaments because there's that tribalism, there's that tribalism for club over country. And I think you have to put that aside when, you know, someone is playing for England. So you got to look at it and go, I don't care. You know, when, when he goes and plays for Man United, boot the hell out of him. That's fine. But when he's, when he's got a three-line shirt on, you, you know, this man is trying to get you into a World Cup, you know. Yeah. So I think it's a bit I think it's a bit rich from some English fans and I uh, think, I'm, you know, hopefully I don't get too much grief from some of the English um, uh, supporters on here. But, like, uh, I just I don't understand why um, they're booing him when he's playing for England. Uh, yeah. And then, obviously, my other one, and you know, it's, a, it's one that's a little bit close to my heart, um, Italy missing out in the World Cup. Uh, it's, you know, just they're a rabble. They're absolutely – I don't think there's ever been a team that do can do so well in one tournament and then absolutely shit the bed at another. Like, um, I don't know whether to laugh or cry. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I mean, I, I actually put up on Twitter the other day, I'm like, uh, you know, bravo to Italy, the first major country to boycott both the Russian and Qatari World Cups, a uh, country ahead of its time. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's just, you know, it's, it's just disappointing, like, to have uh, – they had something ridiculous, like 37 shots on goal against North Macedonia 
and you know getting beat one nil and missing the World Cup completely. It's just, it's shocking. It's just there's no other way to put it. It's absolutely shocking. I mean, technically, they would have had to face um, Portugal. Yeah, that, that would, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. But see, but this, Italy, that's not the case, though. They should have yeah, at least got to that game. Yeah, but Italy have this innate, innate ability to when they play the big guns, they come out and play well. But unfortunately, they've just they they've sort of taken their tournament form. <laughs> <laughs> during the World Cup into qualifying, and that's not going to work because you know, tournament-wise, they you know they when they are in the World Cup, which they haven't been for a while now, but you know they they don't look great come the group stage, but they you know they get into that the knockout, and then all of a sudden this you know this team comes out, and you think where the hell have they come from? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just so it's just it's it's disappointing, you know, being. You know, a person of Italian origin, um, you know, obviously, you know, I call it myself Aussie and, and I'm still as, uh, as pissed off as the next where, when, when uh, Fabio Grosso dived and Australia didn't, <laughs> didn't, didn't progress back, uh, quite a number of years ago. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I do, uh, you know, uh, Italy's, uh, you know, obviously not, not my home, but it's, uh, my, uh, my background and, do follow them uh, closely, and yeah, so it, it, it was quite disappointing to, to see them miss out. Yeah, no, but at least they make good food, mate. So it's a nice little <laughs> concept. Um, we might get on to uh, differentials. So for week thirty, I sort of put up Ericsson and Madison, but obviously Ericsson didn't play, so he got ruled out of COVID. But Madison, you know, had a decent week, got the ten points. So for anyone that sort of took the plunge of Madison. Um, with obviously the hype on Twitter was don't get Madison, get Barnes, um, you know, would have been pretty happy. So for this week, I'm looking at Sancho. So uh, 2.6% owned and 8.9. You know, they've got some decent fixtures coming up. They've got the double in 33. So I think he's actually a realistic um, chance to actually score some decent points over the next few weeks so for this week i really think that against leicester they're poor defensively i think he's going to go really well i think um a double up with ronaldo which i've got at the moment i think um them two could actually go really good this week and for the next few weeks so outside of that martinelli if he plays i think he's fully recovered so if he does play i think he's going to be a nice little differential this week as well what about you demo yeah, so for me, I think you just can't go past Pope um, this game week. He, oh, look, look, three point. Let, hear me out here. They have the double double game week thirty one, game week thirty three. Three point one percent owned. Uh, you look at their fixture and don't necessarily look at this fixture. You know, obviously, the, the, this game is a little bit. You know, you look at the long term. Man City Everton, yeah, one of these one of those fixtures is great, one of those fixtures not so much. Then they've got Norwich, then another double, West Ham, Southampton, then Wolves and Watford. It's actually not that bad a fixture for them. Uh, I can see a few cleans in there. Look, I wouldn't be surprised if they eke out a nil-nil against Man City. And if they can do that. Um, and beat Everton, like, Pope's looking at double-digit return. So, like, 
I, it's wishful thinking on my part, but I've seen stranger things happen. The, the, the next game or the next uh, game week, both of the games are at home. Man yeah. City and Everton are at home. So, um, yeah, can we see? Can we can we see the the you know the Burnley of uh, of old? Um, hopefully, hopefully. Um, uh, but I'll be back in a minute. I think I'm going to be bringing in Pope. Uh, this week as uh, my keeper because uh, I think Ramsdale may still be injured. So yeah, no, yeah. I think he is out this week. Yeah, no, actually, as much as I just poo pooed <laughs> Burnley, um, Pope is probably the only defensive asset I'll be getting in from Burnley yeah. because, as I've mentioned with Saar, um, the upside compared to defense is he gets save points. So even if they do yeah. concede, you know, he's still got a floor of like three points if they don't concede too many. Look, we'll we'll have this conversation next week. You know, when Pope gets twenty points, <laughs> and we'll be sitting here, and I'm rubbing my hands together, going, "You beauty." <laughs> well, if that's the topic of the conversation, I don't think we'll be having the conversation because he won't be getting twenty points. Yeah. <laughs> um, I go on to players to watch. I just put quickly down. I just went Ericsson and Stones. Just wanting to see how long Diaz is going to be out for, whether he's going to be back, because if he's not, Stones at 5.2, I think, is a, a massive option because I think that he's going to be starting most weeks. I think they might uh, rest Laporte and play him in Champions League. But um, Ericsson uh, might be a sneaky sort of fifth option in your midfield. I think he's only 5.5 as well, so a decent price. What about you, Demo? Oh, I think it's all about uh, Saka in the next couple, and you can't go past Kane. Like uh, I know he's not technically a player to watch per se, because a lot of people have him, but um, I just think he's a great option, um, especially in the next five with their fixtures. Um, and I don't, I don't think you can overlook him. No, nice. I like it, mate. Um, well, we might get onto our mailbag questions. So we've got a couple here from the previous week as well, mm-hmm. some new ones. So we'll start at the top, which is what's the best strategy for Trent? Um, for me, um, I've just seen news that uh, Trent he is back in he training. He might be playing. <laughs> he but might be playing. There's a chance he could be on light duties in training. So it's not 100% mm. confirmed what type of training, but I think even just him being at training is a good little sign. So... For me, I'm not going to get him out. If I have to bench him, I'm just going to sort of maybe put Madison as my first sub just so if he doesn't play, um, he'll just come on. But I think that if you're getting rid of Trent, you're probably not going to be getting him back in unless you've got a wild card because you lose a lot of value if you get him out, Mm. similar to Cancelo. Um, Probably not as bad as Trent, but um, very similar where you've got to do a lot of uh, rejigging to sort of get him back in. So I think if you're getting him out now, you're probably not getting him back in. Um, What about you, Damo? Yeah, I I agree with you uh, about that. Like um, I'm just looking at uh, I can sell... TAA for 7.9, I think he's about 8.4. So I don't have a hell of a lot um, tied up because I think I'd sold him prior. So, but, um, yeah, so, like, I agree with you in terms of the, the value tied up on in him. Uh, I look, to be honest with you, I was never uh, thinking of selling him. I think uh, he... If he's not back this game, he'll be back next. And, uh, yeah, like the, they haven't got a bad run, but it's TAA. It's a, He's pretty much the number one 
um, defender in the comp. Like, it's, yeah, like, in terms of um, what he can do on the field. Like, as you've said before, he's a midfielder um, playing uh, that uh, scores defender points. So, uh, yeah, like, he's not going anywhere. Um, in my team, he, he'll be there until game week 38, and I won't be touching him at all. No, 100%. I think a fit Ken Sello or a fit Trent Alexander-Arnold are pretty much two Dangerous. players that you just need to have. Yeah. yeah. Um, next question we got, if you have Robbo as well, then a move to Cancelo Laporte is a good or a bad idea? Um, so- I guess if I was getting out Trent and I had Robbo, I'd definitely be going Cancelo. Just I think that that's yeah. If you don't have Cancelo, I think if you are getting Trent out, I think Cancelo is probably the best option to downgrade to. I probably yeah. would go Laporte because I think Laporte could be rotating in and out of that side with Champions League there. Mm, but then again, it's it's Pep Roulette, so <laughs> who knows if Cancelo's rotated too? Um, yeah, uh, I think you. Be... Sorry, I think I'll you wait. just no, no, that's all good. I was going to say, I, I just think you wait for team news. Um, on Trent, and then if you de- if you're absolutely desperate, you move on him and potentially pick Cancelo. But um, if not, you know, if you've got a good bench option, um, I reckon just you can just hold it, hold Trent for a week. Yeah, no, hundred um, percent. Next time we got, should we wildcard thirty one if we don't own Kane, or is it to or wait till after City for week thirty two? Um, I think yeah, I think if you're wanting to get Kane. I think it's worth doing the wild card this week. So you can kind of set yourself up for the run home and then obviously just make sure that um, the way you set your team up, it's flexible enough that you can interchange certain players. So I think Kane's good there because then if Ronaldo catches fire, you can kind of go Kane to Ronaldo and back to Kane and interchange um, and obviously just set the rest of your team up where you can sort of move players around if you need to. What about you, Damon? What do you think? Kane is absolutely firmly my captain this week, so um, I'm a bit biased when it comes to this. Uh, if you wildcard in 31, you must own Kane. Absolute must. Um, uh, and I'd definitely be getting Kane and Son um, if you are wildcarding. So, yeah, that's where I sort of sit with that. Currently, I don't have any City players in my side. I don't, don't know if that's going to bite me in the ass uh, in the next uh, in, in the next couple of games. But, yeah, like, it, it's, it, it, it's hard. See, with City, the only player I can really see me going for is probably Cancelo. So, um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's one of those things. I think Cancelo and I'd probably look at maybe a Mares. But, yeah, potentially, yeah. actually, yeah. Cancelo at the moment for me. Um, next up, we've got what's the best Leicester option? Um, I would say Madison first. Then possibly if you don't want to go Madison, you can look at Barnes, but I think Madison probably has the higher sort of higher ceiling. Um, if Vardy's back and fit, I, I'd move him above um, Barnes and it would be sort of uh, – I'd nearly – go the double up possibly with Vardy and um, Madison if Vardy is fit. What about you, Damon? Exactly the same. I think um, the Madison's your clear number one. Uh, and then yeah, I wouldn't say no to doubling up on Leicester and going uh, Madison Barnes or Madison Vardy if fit. But I think 
uh, quite a few of us have been burned bringing plays in early um, this season. So I think you wait until Vardy starts and plays well, even if that means missing out on some points um, before you bring him in. Because, you know, even with, uh, I forgot his name now, uh, Leicester forward, uh, um, not Leicester, sorry, um, Leeds forward. Um, oh, Bamford. Bamford. Uh, you know, Bamford, a lot of people got burned for Bamford, bringing him in, in early. And, yeah, I think um, especially with, you know, Vardy getting on in years, <laughs> you wait uh, until he plays 90 and then bring him in. Yeah, no, nah, fully agree, mate. I might get on to the next question was, would you get any Chelsea players for 31? And if so, who? Um, a lot of people are on Havertz, but I actually think Mount is the best asset um, in attacking sense for Chelsea. I think that he's on corners, uh, free kicks. Um, he did look quite good recently. So for me, even though Havertz has obviously been getting the goals, I think his goals have been more in the right place at the right time instead of actually being on the ball and looking dangerous in my opinion like I know there's a lot of people that probably won't agree but I think Mount is the best attacking option and obviously you got the likes of I like Thiago Silva at the back there I think he's a solid option he's cheap and when they do keep clean sheets he's always uh, featuring in the bonus so I think if you're not going Reese James at the moment I think Thiago Silva would probably be the best defensive asset in my opinion and I think you could nearly do the Reese James and Thiago Silva double up if you really wanted to sort of go big at the back. What about you, Damo? Yeah, so again, uh, with James, I'd be looking at James, but um, obviously you need to wait until he is back. Potentially he's back this week uh, and at 6.0, not a bad option um, at the price. Other than that, it, Chelsea's a hard one. Uh, you know, uh, Havertz has played well. Um, you know, who who would you rather, you know, it's you know, Havertz, Mount, Pulisic. There's not really a right or wrong answer. You know what I mean? Like uh, Havertz has played well in the last two. Uh, Mount, uh, Mount played well, you know, Mount played well. Uh, and pull us all in that. Uh, I think it was was it like a double game week. Uh, yeah. Where what is it? Two weeks ago, uh, Habit scored twenty six all up. Mountain sixteen and Pulisic thirteen. So you know, if you had those three, you'd be laughing. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. So uh, yeah, Mount of late has been good, but yeah, like you said, it's sort of similar to City, where you could yeah. have Mares, Bernardo Silva, Foden, and they pop off. They all pop off at different times. So I think Mount. If I'm going to rank them, I think Mount is the safest option, um, followed by Havertz and Pulisic at this stage, I think. Yeah, see, Havertz and Pulisic both 7.9. Mount, I think he's 7.5, so a little Uh, bit of a price difference there. Yeah. But obviously Havertz playing up front obviously gives him a a bit of upside, but yeah. Mm, mm. But it's a tough call. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, which city asset would you prioritize first to getting aside? Um, if you do, if you do have Cancelo, I would say Mares. But um, if you don't have Cancelo, I think Cancelo should be the number one asset you're getting aside. What about yeah. you, Demo? 
Uh, yeah, I think Cancelo. I think, as CGI, it sort of answered it before. I think I'd only be looking at Cancelo. Um, yeah, I think you skipped a question too on uh, tri- triple up on Liverpool. Oh, yeah, no, that was for, um, uh, I think it might have been week 29. Ah, okay. When they had the Fair double up. Right. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, the answer is, I still think Liverpool are good. <laughs> and, um, yeah, no, I'd be going, I think I'd be going the double defence and Salah, uh, if you yeah, still do not. <laughs> yeah, 100%, and even Matip there, um, decent option too. Hmm. Um, might go keep your Wolves defence or move one to a Burnley option for the doubles. Sar to Pope is my thoughts at the moment. So hmm. I would not be getting in any Burnley defensive assets. I think you could go Sar to Pope, um, obviously, for their fixtures, but then you can make that move back to Sar if you want to. But I think outside of Sar and Pope are probably the only two options I'll be looking at from Burnley. Maybe... Um, Brown Hill is a bit of a bench option, bench <laughs> fodder, but wouldn't be picking it with any confidence. So just I, just question about Burnley. Uh, how's Brown Hill going lately? Has he? Oh, just yeah. just poking along, mate. Just poking <laughs> has he, along. Uh, has he had any uh, attacking attacking returns since we nah. uh, our our bet? <laughs> no, nah, not yet. But with these um, with these doubles, I'm, I, I, I am slightly I am slightly worried about the, that they've got a few doubles coming up, and especially the Norwich game. If they can get over the if um, we can get over the Norwich game without um, Brown Hill getting an an attacking return, I think I should be hopefully home. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, if you knowing, can't get a return over these next sort of <laughs> five knowing, games, I don't think it's happening. Knowing my luck, he'll probably score a goal against uh, West Ham and just completely stuff me up. <laughs> yeah, mate, that'd be that absolute perfect game too. So that'd just be digging the the knife. Digging, in, mate. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think uh, in terms of answering that question as well, uh, Pope uh, is definitely one that I would. Oh, uh, Basically, going to get him, get him, him in myself. So, especially with the two double doubles in the next three, um, I don't know about Veg Horse. I think he should be okay. I think he's going to get some returns. I'm probably going to be bringing him in, but I won't be captain. I, I, I won't be captain. I won't be captaining. A double game week player. I think it's just burnt me too many times, especially Burnley players. Ca- captaining a double game week Burnley player over uh, a, a, a you know a single game week uh, a single game week player, uh, especially when it comes to Tottenham. So, so I think I'm just going to captain Kane and have their course in the team. If and if he pops off, he pops off. Great. Yeah. No. I. I... I like I like workhorse, but um, yeah, no, nah, I think he'll be uh, not popping off. I think he'll just be pl- uh, plotting, mate. Mm-hmm. Um, we might get into uh, the sort of the guest questions slash just sort of a bit of chatter between me and you. So mm-hmm. uh, before we come on the air, I was talking about I've been listening to a couple of podcasts lately, and one of them talks about. Um, icks or things that bother them uh, in regards to either friends or obviously their relationships or girls. Um, <laughs> so I thought I might start with, um, I think I mentioned to you, one big ick at the moment for me is when, uh, say, you 
you put something out. So for me, I put my work thongs out before I go to work just so I know where they are because I'm really, when I get rushed, I just like to have things in place ready to go. Um, my partner thinks she's been helpful by putting it back away. So then <laughs> when, when I get up early in the morning, I come out and then I'm stressing out and I can't find where my thongs are gone. So that's probably one massive ick for me um, in terms of of my partner and then possibly um, getting uh, a snack or having food and then my partner is not uh, keen and then when I sit down, she eats half of it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Two massive issues for me. What about you, Damien? What do you rate those? Are those fair or do you think that that's Oh, I think it's just that that's – I'm going to – I am glad my missus doesn't listen to our pod, uh, and I think she's in I bed, might have so to we're send good. Her an email <laughs> the um, but uh, but yeah, now you're right. And for anyone in America, um, he's talking about his footwear, not uh, oh yeah, the, <laughs> the other type of thong that uh, oh you never know, mate. You, you never know. <laughs> uh, now for me oh, there's there's a couple of icks that uh, that sort of irritate me and it's it's sort of geared towards my missus a bit um, one is uh, I you know the water jug that you keep in the fridge you know keep you I like have my my water quite you know I don't like room temperature water I like it you know straight out of the fridge nice and cold. Uh, as soon as you get home or, you know, first thing in the morning. Um, the When we obviously have uh, water out of the water jug, uh, my missus will often put the water jug back empty. <laughs> so I will open the fridge to go grab some water and it is just cold glass <laughs> rather than any water in it. Uh, so that's a bit of an irritation of mine. And um, But, yeah, and she's... Uh, She's quite headstrong when it comes to um, uh, the who takes the rubbish out. So um, she will often <laughs> drop the rubbish off at the front door, waiting for me to put it outside. Uh, <laughs> Mate, uh, that, that that kills me as well. <laughs> so, and uh, if I don't put it outside, uh, it'll stay there. And uh, yeah, so eventually, I probably have to take to take the rubbish out. So. <laughs> My wife usually, it's a game called um, See How Much We Can Stack. So if I don't take the bin out, I just stack, 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 and so then I go mm. to take it out and then um, I have to double bag it and I'm like, this is just, yep. you know, it's just yep. the worst. Yeah. Um, you know, I do a I will, lot of annoying things too in regards, regards to your water bottle thing. Mm. I'm a bit torn on that, mate, because I've done it a couple of times myself <laughs> back in the day. So, you know. I will ask you though, because, um, and this is actually something that came up on our pod quite a little while ago. Uh, it was about which way do you put your toilet paper? Do you put it the right way or do you put it the wrong way? Because uh, we all know the right way is over, not under. Um, my wife puts it under. <laughs> <laughs> and it frustrates the absolute bejesus out of me. And, no, she um, seems like a top lady, mate. <laughs> no, no, she's lovely. She's lovely. But, uh, but yeah, we will have a passive-aggressive battle with which way to put the toilet paper. <laughs> See, I probably, if my partner come on the pod now, she'd say her ick would be me using the 
all the toilet are using the rest of the toilet paper than just sticking the empty toilet paper back uh, on the holder. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's just I'm, I'm the, um, I think it's, it's just funny. a male thing. I think it's just a male <laughs> thing though, like because I do the same thing. I, I, do, or I will. Um, and I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure if this is what you meant, but you have the empty toilet roll, um, and you leave the empty toilet roll in the actual holder, and then you put the new one inside. Um, where the empty one is already. So you'll sort of have uh, <laughs> half uh, an empty and then a full one right next to each other. <laughs> See, I usually uh, sit the new one on top of the holder where <laughs> they um, are stored yeah. and then just leave the roll on the holder. And mm-hmm. a couple of times I'll do it accident or not accidentally, I'm just lazy. But yeah. then it gets to a point where I know it annoys us, so I'll just do it and yeah. just see. Yeah, yeah. See, see how? See, it's 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 funny how it's funny how um, uh, you know husbands actually think <laughs> because we really do try to try to annoy our partners quite a lot. So <laughs> it, just, it just keeps life interesting, mate. It's it just does. a bit too it boring. Mm-hmm. Um, I live life like I play FPL, mate. It's always good to throw a few spinners in the work. Just <laughs> No. But anyway, that about wraps up our pod for this week, mate. It was good to sort of catch up. It's been a while, actually, since mm. we've sort of done a podcast, let alone a podcast of me and you. So yeah, yeah. Um, heading into this week, we might just talk about our transfer plans quickly. Um, mm. I made my transfers uh, at the end of last deadline. So um, yeah. I'm very well ahead of everyone on FPL. <laughs> all my transfers so i'm currently taking a minus eight yeah um i got in martinelli sancho and ronaldo so i'm sort of targeting a double up of man united sort of for the run home sort of getting on early uh, mm-hmm. with these decent fixtures heading into their obviously double game week in 33 so i got out son which you know i could pay dearly for doing that but mm. I just I'm pretty confident from what I've seen the last few weeks of Man United. I just think that they I want to push for that top four heading home, and I think they're going to have a few decent results coming up. So sort of that's what I'm looking at, and at the moment I'm sort of tossing up a um, captaincy on Salah possibly this week, or even a Ken Sello against Burnley. Um, what about you, Demo? Yeah, so I have actually made my moves as well. I didn't realise it was an international break. So <laughs> I made the move. I'm like, ah, oh, crap, we've got quite a while until the next game. Uh, so I made them a bit early as well. But um, I sort of targeted uh, a few Burnley players. Uh, sorry, Ollie. But uh, I got rid of St. Max uh, and uh, brought in Veghorst for the not again, not so much for this double, but they double double and they play Norwich in between. So it's a good stretch for Burnley. Um, so I've brought him in, and obviously, with the news of Ramsdale potentially uh, being injured, and I didn't really have um, a goalkeeper. Well, I've got Foster on the bench, but they're playing Liverpool. So I didn't see too many good things for uh, for that. So I have brought in Pope as well. So I've taken a minus four. Again, um, not so much targeting this double, 
uh, but uh, targeting sort of overall um, what Burnley can do potentially in the next three or four uh, is sort of so for me, I was, I was thinking rather than sort of staring at a potential zero in that um, goalkeeper in that goalkeeper uh, position, I think I'm taking the minus four. If, even if Pope gets uh, two and two, I was gonna. I, I'm no better off, but I've got the potential to do a lot better with Pope in goal. So that's sort of my reasoning towards that. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much. Those are pretty much my moves. Don't mind it, mate. I think we could be in for some good weeks. Hopefully, uh, Man United show up, and um, <laughs> I'll be very excited because my team will be winning and my FPL team will be going good. But, yeah, no, <laughs> I like those moves, mate. I think they make sense. Um, well, that about wraps up our pod. Um, for all that stuff, head over to our Twitter at FPL underscore amateur underscore Oz uh, for all of Damo's uh, FPL West Ham propaganda. Um, head over to his FPL West Ham. Uh, for all of our podcast links, head to Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes. And remember, leave a five-star rating because there may be someone that hasn't heard our pod and might enjoy it. So it sort of boosts us up to sort of get sort of more eyes on our pod. So um, yes. very much appreciated. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, sorry, ears and eyes, mate. You need people to see the link, so you need eyes on the pod as well, mate. Oh, I um, suppose uh, so, then. I'll, I'll let you get away with that one. <laughs> it's been a long week already, mate. <laughs> um, but, yeah, good luck this week, Damon, mate. Hopefully it's a nice return to FPL for you this week and, uh, and yeah. even better return for next week.